Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. Now, today we're also on week two of our brand new series titled The Gifts. And the vision behind this series is to teach you that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, lives inside of you and came to bring you, y'all remember? Power. He came to bring you power. This is what Jesus said. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. All of y'all were like, I don't know what to say, Pastor. Okay. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is actually in the the translation, it means dunamis power, explosive power that should change your life forever. And Jesus is talking to the disciples, but he's talking to us today. As believers in Christ, he has saved us, he has become our Lord, and the Holy Spirit came to also bring you power, okay? But not only that, the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit came to bring you freedom. Freedom over your mind, over your soul, over your heart. And so I'm gonna ask you again, how many of you just need freedom in this room right now? Freedom from your worries, your anxiety, your stress, what you have to do for the work, what you have to do with your family, the things that you gotta go to, the things that you gotta get done. And sometimes you just wanna pull your hair out, right? You could have freedom and trust in what the Lord is doing. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17. For the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit came into your life to bring you power and to bring you freedom. Over what? What does that mean? It means that you have power and freedom over the devil, over his demons, and even over yourself. When your heart desires the wrong things, that's when the Holy Spirit shows up and says, nah, not today, Satan. Not today. You're you're not going to make that decision again because last time you made that decision, how did you feel? What happened in that relationship? What happened in that business move when you did things on your own and rushed? Remember, we talked about it last week. You need to wait on the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But we have power and freedom now in our lives. And here is more good news. In the presence of God, the devil has to leave you alone. You hear me? Like in the presence of God, the devil actually has to leave you alone. He will run away. It's what the Bible says. He will run away from you. Why? Okay, let's look into it. James chapter four, verse seven. Give yourselves over to God. So here's the first thing you should do. Submit yourself over to Jesus Christ. And only then will you be able to stand firm against the devil. Meaning I'm not gonna move. I know Jesus is with me. I know what the word of God says. I am not gonna move. I am planted to the ground. I got good soul. And that word is in my heart today. And by the way, I know the truth. So I'm not gonna believe the lies of the enemy. And here's what happens. Look at this. Then all of a sudden, he will run away from you because all of heaven is backing you up. You are no longer alone in what you're going through in the trials that you're facing today. When the enemy comes up against you, he sees a hedge of protection. Biblically, this means that there are angels encamped all around you, protecting you and guarding you. He doesn't want to mess with you because he's going to lose. So he runs away. Hallelujah. Do me a favor. Look to somebody next to you and say, all of heaven's backing me up. Heaven's got my back. I'm not scared. I'm not afraid to believe in what the Lord has spoken over me. And last week I told you, as I was starting this series, I thought that I would dive into the gifts of the Holy Spirit right away. But the Lord really put a burden on my heart to teach you first to know who the Holy Spirit is that you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and he will help you overcome your flesh and your heart's desires and the things that may not be good for your life, but the trust that his timing is always best for your life. 
And so I was praying this week, and I got to be honest with you, this is one of those sermons that just kept changing and changing daily. God was just speaking to me more and more. Even this morning, some things were changed on this sermon because I, I truly believe God wants to set you free today. He wants you to know who the Holy Spirit is, but he also wants to bring deliverance into your life. Because I've seen way too many Christians today, believers in Christ, who proclaim the love of Jesus. He is your Savior. He is your Lord, yet you're still in bondage of some sin. There's still areas of your life you feel like you can't escape, you can't get away from, and there's things that you want to be set free from today, right? And so I want to tell you that it doesn't matter how long you've struggled in this area of your life. Jesus can set you free, but you're also not the only one. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm the only one that's failing, right? I'm the only one that's messing up. Everybody else seems perfect on the outside, but God knows the, knows the heart. He knows what's happening in people's lives. Even Paul said it like this, Romans chapter seven, verse 15. Let's see if you can relate. He said, I don't really understand myself, who I am. For I want to do what is right, but I do not do it. I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You ever been that way before? Have you ever looked crazy to other people because you're yelling at yourself in public? Like you're mad at a decision that you made and you're like, why did you do that? And people are like, who are you talking to? Myself, it's all good, okay? I'm yelling at me because I'm mad at the decisions that I made and now I've caused all these problems instead of waiting on the Holy Spirit's timing. Paul knows how you feel, but here it is. Here's his conclusion. Romans chapter eight, verse one and two. He also said this, there is now no condemnation. There is no judgment for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, listen to this, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. The power of the life-giving spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that only leads to death. You do not have to be a slave to sin any longer. And if you feel like there is some bondage in your life, here is the good news. Today, you can give it over to Christ and you can be set free. Completely changed by the way you think, by the way you see people, by the way you live, because that's the dunamis power that we read out of the New Testament. The reason why Jesus said, this is a gift for you. You will be able to do more miracles is what he told the disciples. So imagine that. Imagine the disciples talking to each other like, did he just say we could do more than he has done himself? Why? Because now the Holy Spirit is working through all of them and they can spread out and they can present the gospel in different areas at the same time. And now so many people are getting saved all over the world because of the power of the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit lives in you today. You could change your workplace, you could change your schools, you can change your family. But we have to learn how to fight demons. We have to learn how to fight the demons that come up against us, the enemy's tactics to keep us in bondage. And if I were to ask you right now, how many of you would raise your hand and say, well, I cast out some demons this week? Most of us would say, what kind of church is this? You know what I mean? Like, where am I at right now? We're talking about demons. But I've realized in my life, especially when you're going through spiritual warfare, have you ever just showed up to your house and you're like, something's off? Like I'm just full of negativity. There's a lot of things in my mind right now. I feel worried. I feel anxious. Listen, I'm telling you, just pray over your house. Pray over your house. There, there have been days I've come home and I've seen my wife out in the yard with olive oil, spreading it around our yard. I'm like, what are you doing? Olive oil is expensive, by the way. <laughs> She's like, well, I feel like we need to pray over the house. 
We need a hedge of protection today and it changes everything. So the title of today's message is Fighting Your Demons. Fighting your demons, no longer being afraid of the enemy, but realizing you, the, the power that you have by the Holy Spirit to overcome them. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five. I'm gonna read the whole story because it's one of my favorite stories out of the Bible. It's very interesting and there's a lot to dissect from it. So let's read it together. Mark chapter five, verses one through 13. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake, talking about the disciples and Jesus in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves, meaning he lived in the graveyard, okay? He can no longer be restrained even with the chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, so imagine this life. He often was put into chains and shackles because he seemed crazy to the people. Yet at the same time, he would snap the chains from his wrist and he smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Now imagine that pain in your life. Nobody was able to help you. Nobody was able to be the answer that you needed to the problem you had. And day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, and he was howling, and he was cutting himself with sharp stones. So again, every time we look in the Bible and we see somebody cutting themselves, somebody hurting themselves, it is always demonic. So right now, if you have t- some type of influence in your life telling you to hurt yourself, to make you feel better in the end, understand that this is a demon. You need to rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. You need to rebuke this from your life because God created you in his image. He has a special plan and purpose for your life. The enemy wants to take you out. He wants you to hurt yourself so that you do harm to your body and you think this is as good as it will ever get. No, give it over to the Lord and he can heal it. Because when we have untreated wounds in our life, demons love to poke at it. Demons love to infect it. It gets worse. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Give me your wounds. I'll heal them. Everything that you're facing right now, I will heal them. I will sew it up. I will put a Band-Aid on it. I will give exactly what you need to see freedom in your life. You don't need to hurt yourself. So again, every time we see this, it is demonic. Let's continue reading. Verse six, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, now listen to this, he ran to meet him and then he bowed low before him. Now this was a possessed man that had so many demons, he was able to break chains. This was a possessed man that people were scared of him. He was able to break out of things that people tried to put him in bondage of. But the moment he saw Jesus, what happened? The moment he saw Jesus, he ran to him and he bowed down before the authority that's in Christ. Understand this, the demons didn't even try to fight Jesus. They knew that they would lose. Immediately when they saw Jesus, they bowed down before him. Now let's keep reading. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, do not torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Meaning demons can be stubborn. And sometimes demons leave right away. But many of us know that sometimes these demons like to stick around. And it's a spiritual battle. We have to get our hearts right with the Lord. Sometimes it it requires prayer and fasting. But they always have to leave in the name of Jesus. So then Jesus demands this. And he says, what is your name? You have to tell me. You have to reply. And he replied, my name is Legion, 
because there are many of us inside of this man. Now, I've been over this before, but the word legion is a Roman word for soldiers, usually estimating anywhere from, listen to this, 4,200 uh, 4, soldiers all the way to 6,000. 4,200 soldiers all the way to 6,000 soldiers that were inside of this man. This man had so many demons inside of him, he was hearing all kinds of voices. He had all kinds of torment in his life and they seemed to control him. But yet, listen, these demons also use the pronouns we and us. And we live in a culture today where our identity is starting to become confused. Because when we put our identity into the world, the world says, well, you can change it daily on how you feel. And if you feel a different way, just change your identity, change your gender, change who you are and go after something else to make you feel better. And I've realized that there are people right now, individuals who want to go by the pronouns, we, they, them, and us. I'm like, you're one person. <laughs> you're one individual. Why would you go by that pronoun? Because the spirits are speaking through them. There's demons speaking through these people, but I'm telling you today, Jesus can still set them free too. And Jesus may use you to show the love of God to these people so that they can run to Jesus and be set free and be forgiven. But the demons inside of this man said, we are many. There's many of us. We are one together inside of this man, a legion. Anywhere from 4,200 to 6,000 soldiers, demons inside of him. But I want you to imagine this poor man and the voices that he heard the torment that he was going through on a daily basis when he felt like he had no longer control over his life. This is a very sad story. And a lot of us don't see that when we read this. But let's continue reading. Verse 10, then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them some distant place. For there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into the pigs. The spirits begged him, let us enter them. Then Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man, entered the pig, and the entire herd, listen to the number here, 2,000 pigs fell into the water. 2,000 pigs. Because I've also heard people debate the number. Well, I, I think that's too many demons in this man. Well, look right here. At least 2,000 were in this man. 2,000 demons jumped off a cliff into the water to drown. That's how many demons were inside of him. Now, here's what I wanna do though. I wanna break down the story and give you three revelations today and open your eyes to how the, the devil will try to attack you, okay? But not only that, but listen to this. The Holy Spirit will fight back. The Holy Spirit will fight back and the Holy Spirit has come to give you freedom. The Spirit of God is not afraid, okay? So point number one is this. Do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold over your life. And if you're asking the question, what is a foothold? I'm about to get there in a second, but I want to show you something. When we read the story out of Mark chapter five, many times immediately we think we can't relate to the story, right? I mean, this is a fully demon possessed man. He's actually naked in the graveyard, howling at the sky. I can't relate to that, right? At least not since college days, right? Don't answer. Don't be raising your hand. Okay, some of y'all are like, I don't, okay, never mind. All right, the Lord has set me free. It's okay, right? But he is a naked man in the graveyard, howling at the sky, demon possessed. How can we relate to somebody like this? But I wanna show you that even these small things in our life can torment us and, the, and gives the devil the opportunity for control, even in your life, okay? So let's break it down. The first thing that we see in this man's life is that he felt tortured by life. He felt tortured by life. Luke chapter eight, verse 27. For a long time, he had been homeless and he was naked. 
meaning he had no home to go to. He had no family around him to support him. He felt alone, and then he was naked, meaning he was vulnerable. Everybody saw who he truly was. Nobody wanted to be around him. Another thing that we see is in Mark chapter five, verse five, it says, day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, and he was howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. So not only was he vulnerable to the people, he was harming himself. Here's what demons do. The demons wanted to embarrass him. Demons want to embarrass you too. The demons wanted to embarrass this man because he's created in the image of God and demons today want to embarrass you too. How do they embarrass you? They yell at you about all your faults and mistakes from the past. Every bad thing that you have done from the past. Hey, remember that relationship you said would last forever? It fell apart. Why? Because of what you did. Hey, remember that time you said that you were gonna be sober and no longer do those things, but then that one weekend came, right? Hey, remember that time you said that you would serve and give to the Lord, but then when you really thought about it, you no longer wanted to because of some other things that you wanted, right? We start to feel embarrassed, but the enemy is always yelling. Why is he yelling? Because he can't get near. Because the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will whisper to you in times because he's this close and he says, don't listen to the enemy. I know that he's reminding you of your past, but don't you worry, I have cleared you of your past. Jesus has wiped you from your sins, from the mistakes that you have made, from that past relationship, from the things that you have done in the past. You are running to Jesus today. You no longer have to be embarrassed because Jesus has set you free. And there are many times that I've run to the Lord and maybe I was embarrassed over something and God's saying, listen, you're my child. I have forgiven you over that. But what the enemy wanted to use as an embarrassment, I will use as a testimony. I will use this testimony to show people my grace and my goodness. But for a lot of us, when we feel embarrassed, we start to identify ourselves as failures. And then we lock this identity within our mind. And it always leads to the process of hurt. But we hurt ourselves. You know what's crazy is that some of us are more comfortable in our hurt and our pain and our depression than being free. Some of us would rather be in that and sulk instead of realize the promises of God that he has for us. And so we torture ourselves. We're tortured by life. So can I ask you right now, are you feeling tortured by something? By your circumstances, by what you're dealing with, by your family struggles, by the things that are happening right now, you can give it over to Jesus. Second though, we see that this man had no one who could help him. Nobody was around him to be able to help. Even when they tried, it did not work. Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter five, verse four. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist, smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. How many times have you ran to people for what only God can do? You hear me? How many times have you ran to somebody for what only God can do in your life? We have, run to, we have ran to relationships for love, hoping to find something good when you haven't even established a relationship with Jesus. We don't even know a love for Jesus. And so we're hoping that these relationships can last and we try to convert each other. Well, I met this person and I got feelings, right? And hopefully I can convert them. Listen, Jesus wants to make himself known in your relationship. Any relationship without Jesus will be hollow. It will fall apart. It will start to crumble. But we don't like to wait. We don't like patience. We wanna jump into something even though it's not what we need. What about looking to people for direction? We do that a lot too. And listen, it's good to have some godly people in your life that can give you direction, but I'm talking about a lot of times we go to people who are completely lost, 
who have no direction for their life. And we're like, hey, can you help me out about this relationship, about this job, about my future? Did you know that the Bible says you can ask the Holy Spirit about the future and he will answer you? Isn't that amazing that you can ask God what you need to do about the future and he will bring you confirmation. John chapter 16, verse 13. But when the spirit of truth comes, again, he's called the spirit of truth because everything that he speaks is the truth into your life. He will lead you into all truth and he will not speak his own words, meaning he speaks from the father and he will only speak what he hears. And he will tell you what will happen when in the future. How many times are you running to God? Are you asking God, what should I do? I'm willing to wait, Lord. Remember, the best way to overcome your flesh is to tell your flesh, I'm gonna wait on God. I'm gonna wait on the Holy Spirit to give me direction today because I know when he speaks, it will be the best thing for my life. Even though you may not understand today. Third, this man lived in darkness. This man lived around death. Luke chapter eight, verse 27, he lived in the tombs outside of the town. And and I've counseled a lot of people. And here's what I've realized. Just because you look alive on the outside doesn't mean you feel alive on the inside. There are a lot of people that are alive on the outside that look like they have everything going on for them, but on the inside, they feel dead. They feel spiritually dead. They have no faith anymore. They don't know what to do. And when I talk to them, listen, I realize that they believe in death and everything. They're speaking death. They're believing death. They're producing death. They're speaking death over their relationships and over their marriage. My marriage will never get better. My relationships will never get better. My circumstances will never get better. You're speaking death. You're speaking death over your future. Well, I'm just a nobody. Nobody wants to use me anyway. Everything's gonna fall apart. I hate my job. I hate where I go. They don't like me either. You're speaking death. And then we speak death about our faith. And we say things like, God, I just don't believe it. There's no way that's too big for me. There's there's no way that you would do something like that in my life. And the Bible says that this is a spiritual death. How are you ever able to step into the promise if you don't believe it exists? In order to receive a promise from God, you have to first believe it can exist. I believe in what God has spoken over me. I believe in what God has spoken over this church. We will step into the promise. But the same is for you. He has spoken something specific over your life, a promise for you. Do you believe it? Do you believe that he has it for you? Because listen to this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. It is impossible to please God without faith because you become spiritually dead. And every time he speaks the truth, you will believe the lies of the enemy instead. I need you to understand that today, before you leave, you have a choice. You can believe the lies of the enemy, all the doubt that he wants to place inside of your mind, or you can believe the truth of God's word and the promises that he has over you. But that's your decision, okay? Move by faith. So the last thing that I see though, listen to this. This man also had no control over his emotions. Maybe you can relate. I have a lot of people come up to me and say, well, pastor, you know me, I get angry. Right, and when I get angry, things just come out of my mouth and I can't control the words that come out of my mouth. I just say things, it starts to control me, but that's just who I, is that who you are? Is that who God created you to be? To justify sin? 
to justify slandering somebody else created in the image of God, to justify you speaking to your spouse in a way that is ungodly, that God would never tell you to speak in such a way. Is that just who you are or does Jesus wanna set you free? Because it doesn't matter how we feel, it matters about what the word of God says. Ephesians chapter four, verse 26 and 27, don't let sin or don't sin by letting anger do what? Control you. Your emotions want to control you. Your anger will want to control you. Your anger will tell you that you can't control your mouth and I will speak out of your mouth whatever it is that I want to. That is a lie from the devil. Because here it is, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a a foothold, a foothold to the devil. So what does a foothold mean? It means that if you give Satan control, Over one little part of your life, he will want more and more and more and more until he controls the whole thing. That's what a foothold is. So I want you to see this illustration. I got two guys in the back. You guys go ahead and come out here. And I see Ryan, you can stand over here. Jason, you could be right here. Here's what I realized to really illustrate what a foothold is in our life. See, many of us have come to Jesus and we're like, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Jesus is everything. He, he washed me clean of my sins and my past. I gave him everything except, except anger. Anger still controls me, but that's okay. That's just who I am. And I get very angry sometimes and I, I say things to people. I come in this church and I praise God and then I'll go to a restaurant and cuss my waiter out. We've experienced people like that. Maybe that's you. Maybe God is speaking to you. Here's what happens. We give the devil a foothold. A little piece of us right there. This is in my life and it's, it's not being set free, but also many of us worry too. Oh, I don't know about those promises from God that the pastor talked about. There's a, there's a lot of things happening, a lot of money that I don't have and, and stress at work. And so I feel anxiety every single day, but you know what? I'm going to hold on to this anxiety and you just gave the devil a foothold. And so at this moment, you're also still thinking, well, there's just other things too. I'm just, I'm a failure at everything I do. And so why even try? The boss doesn't like me. Nobody likes me. Or maybe you're just like, I don't like my identity. I don't like who I am. Nobody wants to be around me. I'm ugly. I don't like me. The things we say behind closed doors. See, what would people hear right now if your heart was revealed? because God hears your heart. And a lot of us are at this point right now where we came to the altar and we said, Jesus, you have set me free, but why don't I feel free? Why can't I move out of the things that have tormented me in my life? It's because you're still holding on to these things and you've given the devil a foothold and he's not allowing you to move, but the Holy Spirit came to set you free, to bring power, let go. This is what the Holy Spirit came to do. Just like that. The Holy Spirit will come and say, you know what? These guys right here, I will remove them from you. It's got my skin, it's all good. I will remove them from you and I will set you free. Thank you guys. We give them a round of applause. But you have to let go. See, the reason why I couldn't get away from anger is because I didn't let go of it. The reason why I couldn't get away from depression or worry is because I wouldn't let go of it. You see how many things we're not letting go of? 
So the devil holds the other side. He's got a foothold into our life and he's trying to get more and more into your life because you won't let go of some of these things. God is telling you to let go today. How do you let it go? You come down to this altar and say, God, I don't wanna do this anymore. It's that simple. God, I don't wanna feel this anymore. I don't wanna be this way anymore. Can you take away these things from my life because I feel like my emotions get the best of me. But again, emotions can give you wrong directions and emotions can hurt you. Only God can heal it. And so I'm looking at the story in Mark chapter five, this this demon-possessed man. And I know, again, a lot of us feel like we can't relate to him, but what I see is that at some point, this man had an open door, okay? We don't know exactly what he was evolved into, but the devil had a foothold over his life after another foothold, after another foothold, until he gained full control over his life. And so there's things that we need to be set free from today. Point number two is this, a foothold can turn into a stronghold. A foothold in your life can turn into a stronghold. What does that mean? I know these are biblical words, let me break it down. It means that when the devil has an opportunity to control an area of your life, here it is, he hides in that area so that you never cast him out. He pretends he's not there. He says, this is all you. This is who you are. And so I will hide here and you will never be able to cast me out. You will do it for the rest of your life instead of being set free. That's what he wants to do within your mind and your heart. So again, what is a stronghold, a stronghold according to the Bible? And we see that it appears 50 times out of the Bible. And usually it's in reference of a fortress that is difficult to access. These heavy walls that nobody can get around or over, they feel protected, they feel hidden, and they feel secure. One example is in Judges chapter 6, verse 2, where it says that the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, in the caves, and in the strongholds. They thought if they hid here, they would never be found. The same way is with the devil. The same way is with his demons in your life. They think if they can hide in an area of sin that you don't wanna get rid of, you'll never get rid of them. Let me say that again. In an area, area you don't want to get rid of. In an area you don't wanna let go of and give it over to God. They think they can hide there. In other words, a stronghold is a sin in your life you feel like you will never be set free from. Because in Mark chapter five, this demon-possessed man, he had to be able to think even though he wasn't able to control his body. So I'm sure on the inside, he was thinking, you know what, this is as good as my life will ever get. I'll never be free from this. I'll never see promises from God. I'm always gonna be enslaved and entrapped by these demons trapped. Why do we feel the same way? Because this man hadn't met Jesus yet. We have. So why is it that we have met Jesus yet we still feel trapped by sins in our life? And maybe you're saying, pastor, you don't get it. Like you don't know what I grew up in. You don't know what I've been struggling with. It's been 20 years I've been dealing with this. Been 30 years, 40 years, 50 years I've been struggling in this area of my life. There's no way I can be set free. You won't be set free with that mentality because you don't believe. But I'm still telling you today, it doesn't matter how long it's been, Jesus will meet you at this altar today and set you free. Jesus will meet you. It doesn't matter what you have done in the past. But these strongholds have to go. They have to be rebuked, okay? And and here's what we see out of Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 11 and 12, and this tells us that these strongholds come because the devil has an army. 
And we just finished up the counterfeit series, right? The devil wants to be a wannabe God. He is a wannabe God, and he wants to pretend that he has the same power as the God that we serve. Okay, so God has an angelic army that protects us and fights for us. So the devil has a demonic army trying to do the same thing, but instead attacks you on a daily basis. Here's where we see this, Ephesians chapter six, verse 11 and 12, where it states, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let me say that again. We do not wrestle with flesh and blood. I know that person at your workplace said things about you and you wanna punch them in the face, but they're not your enemy. It is a spiritual fight that is happening, but instead he gives us this revelation. It's not against the person, it's actually against principalities. Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I've read that verse a lot. And a lot of times people say, amen. And they clap today. Yeah, Lord, I'm ready. I got that armor from head to toe. I'm ready to go. Okay. What's it mean? I don't know. <laughs> it means we're going to fight some demons. Like, well, how did they attack you? I, I don't know. <laughs> Here's what it means. Okay. So I want to break this down and make this applicable for your life. Okay. The first thing that we see here is principalities. Principalities in the Greek means chief. These are chief demons, okay? Top ranking demons. And what they, send, what they do is they send out other lower demons to attack you. And they also want control over regions, over territories, over areas, okay? We get a glimpse of this spiritual war out of the book of Daniel. And if you remember the story, Daniel is praying for an answer from God. All of a sudden, the archangel Gabriel shows up, but here's what he says about a spiritual war. Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. He said, but the prince of Persia, this demon chief has been fighting against me for 21 days. So then Michael, one of the most important princes, okay, the other archangel came to help me because I was stuck there with the king of Persia. Gabriel is telling Daniel, listen, I would have come sooner, but there's an extreme spiritual fight happening right now with the king of Persia who wants to dominate. And I was fighting him. Michael came to help me. Now I'm able to come to you to give you an answer. There are demonic beings, chief demons that want to rule areas and regions, and they want to rule your life, okay? And again, they assign demonic spirits to influence people living for the world. Here's what's crazy. We have all followed these demons. Before Jesus, we have all followed these demons before. Ephesians chapter two, verse one through three. In the past... You were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God. Yes, in the past, your lives were full of those sins because you lived the way the world lives, following the ruler of the evil powers. Notice the wording here. You followed the ruler of the evil powers that are above the earth. The same spirit is now working in those who refuse to obey God. Why did they refuse to obey God? Because you offend their demons by the truth. And so many people today have become comfortable with our demons. Again, I said, you can be delivered, but do you want to be delivered in that area? And I realized in the American church culture today that people have come into the church, the sanctuary of God, and we bring in our demons expecting to never be changed because we never run to Jesus over it. Either we're embarrassed or we hide it or we don't want to proclaim what, what the enemy has tried to do to us. We don't want to rebuke it. And so we just allow it to just sit in our life and it gets worse and worse and worse. And it brings a lot of shame over you. This is the spiritual fight 
that we see in our life right now. And so we have all followed these, these evil powers, but Jesus has come to set you free. And the moment you met Jesus, let me make this very clear. He set you free. That's why you felt peace. That's why you felt freedom in that moment. But these demons are looking for any opportunity to come back into an area of your life. Oh, you left the door open there? You left the door open over there? Oh, you're back over there? You're talking with this person again? You're allowing this into your life again? I can't wait until you open the door. Let Jesus close that door. Okay, let Jesus close that door. Second, he mentions the powers and rulers of darkness. In the Greek, this means delegated authority and to seize control. Listen to this, over governments, okay? We live in a culture today that is full of demonic principles now in the culture that we live in, meaning we live in a day where you can't go to school with your Bible anymore. A lot of people get banned from their schools. If you have a Bible, we can't pray anymore. We can't worship the Lord anymore in our schools. And guess what? But we must be tolerant to everything else. We gotta be tolerant to everything else. And so we're even seeing the allowance of Satanism within schools, but yet pushing God out. In fact, I saw a news segment just recently in Wilmington at an elementary school. Goodie bags were being passed out to kids to join the Satanist club after, after school. In a goodie bag. Isn't that like the devil? I'm serious. How many, how many goodie bags have you taken from the enemy? How many times has he said, look, look what I got for you over here. It's got candy. It's good for you. It'll give you everything you want. It'll make you full. Just come join this. You don't have to believe that the devil is all big and bad. Sometimes he wants good things for you. Like, this is what they were saying in the news segment. And it blew me away because they said, well, we should be inclusive. But what does that really mean? It means allowing demons into our home, into our minds, into our hearts. And I'm telling you today, in our culture today, the enemy is trying to get inside of your house and he's trying to attack our children. So it's time to rise up. Men of God, it's time to rise up. Women of God, it's time to rise up. It's time to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I will protect my house. It is my job, according to the word of God, to lead my children in the word of God. I will show them what it means to run by faith. I will show them what it means to believe that God can do it because a lot of us are allowing the world to teach our kid every single day until Sunday morning. And that's it. And then they go back into the world and you're wondering why, why are they believing the lies of the world? Why are they following all these things? Why are they listening to these things? Why are they acting this way? Because that is what they see on a daily basis. Do they see this in your house? Because that can change things. Because again, in the presence of God, demons have to leave. The enemy has to leave every single time. Now, when I did the counterfeit series, I said this, and today I want to back it up by the word of God. Okay. But when we think of followers of Satan, a lot of times we think of those that wear black hoods and capes and all these crazy things. Listen, sometimes they wear suits. Sometimes they have everything that you want. Sometimes they look like religious leaders and they want people to believe that they have all the answers. Listen, this happened out of the book of Ezekiel. It's amazing to me. This is one of my favorite stories out of the Bible because what God allowed Ezekiel to see, oh, I'm telling you, listen, God will always allow you to see the enemy's plans. When everybody is fooled and blind, God will always open your eyes to see what's really happening behind the scenes. Ezekiel chapter eight, verse seven through 12. Then he brought me to the door of the temple. This is the temple of God. Listen to this, where I could see a hole in the wall. And so God told me, son of man, dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall and I found a hidden doorway 
Go in, he said, and see the wicked and detestable sins that they are committing in there. So I went in and I saw the walls covered with engravings, listen to this, of all kinds of crawling animals and detestable creatures. These are demons, okay? These are demonic things and idols. And I also saw the various idols worshiped by the people of Israel. 70 leaders of Israel were standing there. You see what's happening? 70 leaders of Israel who were supposed to be leading the nation to Yahweh instead is leading them to idols to worship bells, Asherah, to sacrifice their children because they become tolerant to all these demons coming into the culture, into the nation, and they abandon God. That's what happens over time. Every single time out of the Old Testament, we see it over and over again. As soon as they became tolerant to other religions, they allowed these idols to take over because demons want to control. But God always gives you the freedom of choice. Demons want to control. They want to control your mindset. 70 leaders of Israel was standing there. Listen to this. Each one of them held an incense burner, which from a cloud of incense rose above their heads. Then the Lord said to me, son of man, have you seen what these leaders of Israel are doing with their idols in the dark rooms behind closed doors? So here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying just run away in fear and believe that everything is doomed. But I'm saying today, pray for this nation. Pray that revival takes place. Here's what's amazing. The more the enemy persecutes, the more revival does take place. And listen, yes, the enemy is attacking our children, but I've seen revivals like never before happening over and over again. Why? Because the youthful generation is realizing they need God. They wanna get away from these demonic entities and they're ready to be changed with a real love that will last forever. Because the world is all about fake love that will never satisfy and it always puts these counterfeit loves in front of them. They're tired of the fake. They're ready for the real thing. And God is using us today to deliver his truth in a dark world. God wants you to be a voice of truth in the workplace, in your schools, in your families, even when it's hard. And it can be scary. There might be some people that persecute you and don't want to hang out anymore, don't want to be your friends. You might have family that comes against you, but realize the Holy Spirit is holding your hand. He says, listen, keep going. I know your heart breaks for your dad because your dad's not a believer. I know your heart breaks for your friends because they don't want to be around you anymore, but I won't leave you. I am here. And when I'm speaking to you, it's the truth. Step into the promise. I got you. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. And that's what he will speak to you today. But you got to stand firm in the truth. Last thing we see is this. Paul also said we fight against spiritual forces of wickedness. Now listen, the word wicked is actually translated into fornication and pornography. Isn't that crazy? Fornication and pornography right here. This lust, this lust that will bring you in, this lust that will entice you. Hey, isn't this what you want? And the Bible tells us that the moment these in, the enemy puts this lust in front of us, he tries to drag us away into our sin so that it produces what? It produces death. Over and over again, meaning every time you chase lust, it will produce death. It will not produce the love that you're looking for, the things that you are looking for for your life, all right? But these, these unclean spirits will attack you on a daily basis. This is what Jesus freed Mary Magdalene from. Luke chapter eight, verse two. Among them were Mary Magdalene, 
from, um, from whom he had cast out seven demons from Mary Magdalene. Many commentators believe that she possibly was a prostitute. She was living a lustful life. Maybe she was into sorcery. A lot of things could have happened in her life for her to become demon-possessed in such a way. Here's what I love about the story. Jesus met her exactly where she was. He already knew what was in her life. He already knew what she was dabbling into. He already knew the mistakes that she made. He already knew the people that she caused to stumble and he still set her free. And he said, I love you, follow me. He could have condemned her at that moment. But instead he said, hey, I love you, follow me. You have a decision to make. You wanna be free? Follow me for the rest of your life. I will show you things that you've never seen before. I will show you what real love is. And she was set free from seven demons at that moment. I believe God is speaking to you right now. You wanna be free? You can't hide from God. He already knows what you struggle with. And listen, he's telling you today, I will forgive you. I'll show you grace. And I will put power in your life to walk in freedom. Just follow me. But the enemy wants to get inside of your homes, like I said. And, and I talked about this last week, that we can allow hell into our relationship by unforgiveness. Because hell is a place of unforgiveness. When we say, I hate you, I don't love you, I don't want you in my life, that is the language of hell. And a lot of us speak this type of language, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit will come down into your life and bring in the language of heaven. I forgive you, and I'm gonna let this go. I'm telling you, we are being targeted by what you fill yourself up with is by what you listen to and what you watch. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Just recently, there's a new music video by uh, the artist of Dozer Cat, and in her music video, she is becoming demon-possessed. She is literally becoming demon-possessed. She is becoming a demon. Why? Because Satan wants demons and demonic activity to become trendy. And we see that in our culture today. But guess what? Instead, let the people of God make deliverance trendy instead. Let's make deliverance and freedom and true love in God trendy instead. To be set free. Because here's what I want to say to you. I'm not here to tell you bad news today or make you feel defeated. I just wanted to open your eyes to see how the enemy works. But at the same time, I know the one who can set you free. I know the one who will put his spirit inside of you, who will bring power into your life. I know the one that when Jesus shows up, 6,000 demons bow before him and they leave and ask him not to torment them. I know the one who can deliver you. Do you know him? Do you know him? He knows everything about you. And he loves you more than you know. He's still calling you his child. My last point is this. Satan cannot stop you from running to Jesus. He can't. He has no authority to do so. God is so powerful that God actually had his angels kick Satan out instead of God doing it himself. He is that powerful. Look at this, Revelation chapter 12, verse seven through nine. There was war in heaven. Listen to the wording here, I love it. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. The dragon lost the battle. He's already lost. He and his angels were forced out of heaven. They had to leave. The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, 
the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. Satan's little army could not stand up to the real army of God. And so every time thousands of demons come to attack you, all it takes is one angel, just one angel to protect you and to set you free. They've already been defeated. And listen, I'm gonna say this over and over again, especially throughout this series, because I need you to understand, I need you to believe this. Jesus has given you authority to cast out demons. In fact, I love how he said it. He said, I've given you authority to crush the enemy, to crush the devil. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 21, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that these spirits are subject to you. Did you know that the word subject here actually means submissive slaves? Jesus just said, listen, those demons that once controlled you, that made you fearful, are now your submissive slave. You can rebuke them. That is the authority. Come on, come on. That is the authority that's in the name of Jesus when you proclaim his goodness over your life. But he said, don't rejoice in that, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the kingdom of heaven. God has not forgotten about you. The enemy said that there's nothing for your future. God says, no, I wrote it the moment I came to the cross. The moment I was crucified, I proclaim to you that I have a plan for you, that I love you and it's good for you in the end. But you can be delivered today. And so in a minute, I'm gonna ask you to come down to the front. If there's an area of your life and you're saying, God, I don't know how to be free from this. Listen, you can come down to this front and say, God, take it away from me. I'm tired of chasing the fake. I'm tired of this controlling me. I don't want it anymore. But listen, let me help you out. Let me just give you three steps to find deliverance, okay? The first thing I wanna say is this, go to Jesus now, don't look back. Go to Jesus now, don't look back. I was reminded of the story when Peter was in prison. Peter was next to two guards and they had guards all around the prison. He was asleep and he knew that the very next day he was going to uh, face death. They wanted to kill him. But an angel of the Lord showed up. Here's what happened. Acts chapter 12, verse seven through nine. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. Do not miss the order of events. All of a sudden, the presence of God came upon him. What happened? Chains fell off. At that very moment when you run to Jesus, that's when the chains fall off. But immediately the angel of the Lord said, you must follow, come on. Why did the angel say that? Because he knew if Peter stayed in the prison cell, the guards would eventually wake up and they would bring reinforcements to keep him trapped. See, God, Jesus has come into your life. He's opened the prison door, but he's not gonna force you to come out. You have to wanna run to come out, follow him. Let me ask you this question. What's the difference between Peter and Lot's wife? If you know the story of Lot's wife, you know that they were also rescued by an angel of the Lord. She was supposed to enter into a promise, but what did she do? She looked back and because she looked back, she became paralyzed at that moment. You'll notice that when you're fighting for freedom and you're following Jesus, the devil will yell at you to look back. Look back at your mistakes. 
Look back at your problems. Look back at the things coming up against you. Look back at all the relationships that failed, the parents that left you, the problems that happened, the things that are happening in your family. Look back. You don't have to look back. Jesus has set you free and cleansed you of all that. You just run after him, run after his promise. I know my family hurt me, but I'm running into a promise where I believe they can be saved too. I know things have happened to me and relationships have failed, but I don't care anymore. I just want to pursue the real relationship with Jesus Christ that will set me free. I don't have all the answers, but I know if I follow Jesus, I will step into the promise. Run to Jesus. Don't look back to become paralyzed. The second thing is this, ask the Holy Spirit to bring you peace upon your mind because that's what he will do. The Holy Spirit will bring peace upon your mind. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 to 45, it says this. It says, when the unclean spirit had gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came from. Listen, this is an unclean spirit. This is a demon calling a man's mind his house. He says, I'm gonna go back to my house where I once stayed. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, put in order, and then goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of this person is worse than the first, meaning this man tried to put his life in order by himself. He knew the right steps. He tried to take it upon his own strength, and his mind was clean for a time, but it was also empty. And a lot of us as believers who say, okay, let me do my checklist now. This will help me, this will help me. But you never call upon the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God living inside of you. And what I love about this is that the moment you come down to the altar and say, God, take this from me, the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives your mind peace. Peace, freedom, safety. Don't you wanna feel that today? You can feel that and you can know that truth. It's amazing to see. Romans chapter eight, verse six. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I'm gonna have you stand up right here because this is really good. All right, I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come up front and listen, if there's an area in your life that you're struggling with, you can run to Jesus today, you can be delivered. We will pray over you, okay? You can bring that to the Lord, but listen to this. Worship Jesus and bow down before him. Again, let me remind you, in Mark chapter 5, verse 6, this demon-possessed man, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. Here's what's crazy. If this man had 6,000 demons, then that means that not even 6,000 demons can keep him away from running to Jesus. Like, amazing. All these demons that were inside of him, that controlled him every day. He had no control over his body or his mindset. The moment he saw Jesus, even the demons were not allowed to keep him back from the promises of safety. Once he bowed down, what happened? Deliverance took place. You have to lay it down before God. You have to lay down your demons before God. You have to lay down the things in your life that want to control you, want to harm you, and say, God, today I don't have strength, but I know you do. Set me free. John chapter 8, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Do you believe it? Then run to Him. Run to him. This altar is open. We're about to go into another time of worship. It's open. We want to pray for you. If there's something you need to lay down before the Lord, please do not hesitate. Come on and experience that peace and that freedom today. 
We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.